Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen. So let me ask you a question. If you think about 2020 or 2021, is the overall feeling you get heartache, struggle, difficulty, or do you see it as a really stout um, learning curve, uh, a powerful period of time for self-reflection, for discovering aspects of yourself that you might not have been aware of? The the curious thing about these last two years is how much it's revealed about ourselves, both individually and collectively. And our show tonight is going to hit that right on the head. Our guest tonight is Lisa Tahir, and the show topic is the name of her book, The Chiron Effect, Healing Our Core Wounds Through Astrology, Empathy, and Self-Forgiveness. Um, healing Our Core Wounds has got to be a, a very powerful thing that we can do. Um, and Lisa really brings uh, an excellent skill base to this conversation. She's a therapist. She's a host of All Things Therapy podcast. And she's the author of the book we're going to talk about tonight, The Chiron Effect, uh, which has been endorsed by His Holiness, the 14th Dalai Lama. I think we should get right to it and jump in and start talking about this because we're going to have plenty to talk about. So let's bring Lisa on the show. Welcome to the show, Lisa. Last. Thank you so much for having me on. How are you? I'm doing really well. I'm I'm so glad to finally have you on the show. Now I, I feel like this has been a work in progress. <laughs> Sometimes it's like herding cats. Um, but um, before we dive into it, I think we should get some vocabulary uh, clear for the audience because the. Uh, the Chiron effect, is that pronounced right, Chiron? Yes. The, the, your book, The Chiron Effect, what is Chiron? Chiron in astronomy is a minor planet and a comet. It has both designations in astronomy. And what makes that interesting at all to us as human beings is that in astrology, Chiron is an often overlooked placement in our natal birth chart, and understanding the sign that Chiron is in, which is different from your sun sign. You know, you, you probably readily know if you're a Gemini or a Libra or Scorpio, but your Chiron is more obscure, and by knowing what sign your Chiron is in, just like your Chiron is in Taurus or Pisces, etc., this illuminates the area of your life that you have felt um, you felt bad about yourself and it's, it's really personal things often that we don't readily share it could be like having low self-esteem yet outwardly you appear to be really successful you don't feel it 
And so you might be really performance-based and never allowing yourself to, to know how good enough that you are. Or you might overgive, and on the outside it looks like you're awesome, you're so generous, but you're inwardly really depleted. That's Chiron and Pisces. And the first one I spoke about with the overperforming is Chiron and Aries. So it can really help less to know this area of vulnerability that we have so we can support ourselves there to change our patterns. Nice. Um, we've spoken many times on this show in various formats regarding how our soul can choose our family dynamic where before it even decides to incarnate it looks at the family dynamics of what it might incarnate into as a child and and actually choose the traits and attributes of that family to help promote the karmic lessons for the incarnation and and if i'm understanding you right the uh, the chiron effect is um unhealed wounds, perhaps, that we're bringing from previous lives? Well, yeah, and that's why I was excited, Wes, to speak to you, because I know your work, you know, is centered around karma and these lessons and potentials, and so I wanted to ask you, in fact, how would you define karma? Because I was curious about that intersection with Chiron, exactly as you've begun to speak about, because it's something I haven't talked about with anyone and I think there's a lot there potentially right and I wondered if you could just define karma for me for me sure listeners that might want that sure I tend to keep to very general terms when I talk about karma as a single word so I would say your karma is aspects of your past that are influencing you in this moment a lot. Yes, that makes sense to me in a way I haven't heard before. Okay. Well, we do things a little different here. <laughs> no, I like that because before it always felt to me is it's not so good to be honest. Like almost like you're trapped by this karma. But hearing you say it's just patterns that we say that again patterns that inform and kind of affect how we live today. Sure, aspects of our past that are influencing us in this moment. You know, and Chiron really dovetails with that because Chiron illuminates our patterns, often thought patterns, that what we believe to be true for ourselves is what we end up living in our lives. And it's dictated by what we believe. Like, And, and so by knowing <coughs> we can only go as far as our greatest limiting belief and when I got a hold of that less, I was like, oh, my gosh, like, there's a lot there that I want to expand what's possible for me in my belief system, in my mind, and then allow life to open those doors and opportunities. And I'm hearing that that karma can really help. The understanding of our karma can help us in this process. Is that accurate? Oh, absolutely. But the... Um with with the with the Chiron effect of of what your book is about healing our core wounds through astrology empathy and self forgiveness you're you're really targeting you're really drawing into the focal point the core wounds and and 
boy, howdy, the subconscious is a great place to hide an aircraft carrier if you need to. Yes. Um, to to um, use the the Chiron information to show your conscious mind um, perhaps subconscious tendencies that you brought into this uh, life dynamic. Yes, and and I want to say for some of you listening, and even for you, Les, when we briefly spoke about your Chiron, for some people. This is the experience of core wounding. For instance, you might have experienced an abandonment. That's Chiron in the sign of cancer. As a child, a caretaker, a parent might have literally walked out the door and left you. And that abandonment often takes the form of a core wounding that can deeply affect you throughout your life. And for other people, it's a spectrum, core wounding being on one end and vulnerability being on the other for some others of you listening, this is just an area of vulnerability that, like, you might get kind of <laughs> stumped in every now and then, but it's not, like, you know, it's not so deep. So I think you're going you're gonna to know when you read the sign that Chiron is in and the correlating wound slash area of vulnerability, you know, how deep this goes. And it does, like you said, I love how you said, like, an aircraft carrier hidden in the subconscious, understanding Chiron helps us to illuminate these parts of ourselves that might be, um, you know, subconscious and operating in the backdrop of our lives. And we wonder how come we're in a new relationship. It starts off great, but then we end up feeling like we just did in the last one that didn't work out. And it speaks to those subconscious patterns that are often sourced in our childhood. Floyd called that the repetition compulsion. And in my book, I talk about how an understanding of what those patterns are and then starting to step out of them to do new things, believe new things, helps you evolve. Like your your people, places, and things start to shift and change and be different. And I'm curious, how does that relate to, would it be healing our karma? Because I feel like I'm going to learn from you tonight as well, some things that I've been interested in, in knowing from you. Well, um for myself, uh, I really got cracked open very abruptly with uh, the notion that I had an, a, a very intense amount of anger, that aircraft carrier, if you will. I had so much anger in my subconscious, and my conscious mind had no clue whatsoever that I had this this energetic imprinting from my past. And when um, when I connected with it and released it, the, the television engineer brain in me said, what the hell was that? Where in the, how could I possibly have such a, a highly charged um, emotional component about myself that I wasn't aware of? And this is 25 years ago. So for 25 years, I've been scrubbing my psyche strictly from an energetic point of view. So if you think of any of the imprinting of the Chiron effect of past lives, there's an energetic element within your personal energy persona. And the the density and intensity of that energy dictates typically your ego's relationship with that. And your ego's relationship with that is often a, a void at all cost. Yes. Yes. Does that make sense? It does make so much sense. 
definitely. And, you know, there's a part of my book as well, Les, where I talk about, um, you know, the first time you put your hand on a hot stove, I remember as a little girl, eggs with my dad, and I touched the hot pan and burned my hand. And it's like, oh, never again will I do that. And it's such a big imprint. Likewise, things that happen in our lives, these pain point experiences, often in a relationship or in your family, we have the same emotional reaction. It's like never going to go there again, but right. it's different than touching a hot stove, as you know, because like you know, these are usually centered around areas of love and vulnerability and intimacy. And to say I'm not going to go there again really keeps you from the beautiful and deep connections that you can have with others and with yourself. And so <laughs> I encourage readers to kind of go through their memory as they read my book and, and identify some of those pain point experiences like the hot stove, but emotionally, so that you can start to give yourself options. Like how might you want to revisit having intimacy or closeness, you know, knowing certainly you're, you can be hurt, your feelings can be hurt, but also that you're whole and complete and you'll be able to handle healing yourself and, and moving on with your life, you know, should those things present again. Well, what's nice about your book is that uh, you're targeting the the core wounds, if you will, and a, a lot of times we'll be guided to get a book, and our ego mind has <laughs> might think that we're getting the book for one reason, but our soul's like, oh no, 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 chapter seven's going to kick your ass, and <laughs> and that's what I like about. Um, um, you're delving into the human psyche and you're looking at the mechanics of core wounds. And like I had mentioned, uh, by the time we get into an, quote, adult, unquote, life, uh, we have such tendencies of behavior and preference. And oftentimes, cleaning out the subconscious is nowhere in our to-do list. Right, because I think it's like you don't even know. Like, I was never taught less until more recent years in my own self-study of personal transformation and spirituality and philosophy that, oh, my gosh, my subconscious, these things that happen, the hot stove moments, caused me to recoil from certain experiences, you know, by continuing to recoil from them and not going there like I'm, I'm keeping myself from what I most deeply want. So let's, let's get the tools to be able to look at those things. And aspects of, of often of ourselves and our belief about love, our belief about about life supporting us or not. And, you know, I, I, I suspect less that when people talk, you tune in to certain statements they make when I'll hear someone say, like, oh, you know, everybody wants to rip you off. And it's like, wow, you know that person created a belief around something, and that's definitely subconsciously directing and shaping their lives. And I want to, like, know those things to get out ahead of it and, and unravel and undo and release because I see the world as there's so many beautiful and helpful people that want to support you and show up for you and love you and you know to be in touch with that energy and I wonder what you think about that well it, it's I've used a metaphor before of like a, a bicycle um, and and two metaphors related to that one is fixing the bicycle. It's got a flat tire, the chain's off, whatever. And so the task is to work on the bicycle. 
And then the other uh, metaphor is actually riding the bike. Now, when you're riding the bike, the bike is incidental. I'm riding my bike to do something else. I'm riding my bike. I'm going to get an ice cream cone. I'm going to a job interview. I'm going to art school. And the bicycle plays two completely different roles there. So if I look at, uh, I like metaphors that make me comprehend the intangible aspects of, of things. So if we talk about core wounding, imagine going, I'm going to date myself now, imagine going in a DVD store and there's all these genres, there's all these archetypes, but the only ones I can relate to is in the drama section or the struggle section. I can't relate to the, yeah. right? And the comedies. That's right. <laughs> The love stories, or or the 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 world champion athlete, or the accomplishment, etc. And and so when I when I look at the metaphor of carrying wounds, it collapses choices that I'm likely to make with my ego, because my ego doesn't want anything that's not predictable. And to be predictable, it has to exist in my past. Yes. You know, I love the DVD store metaphor. I miss Blockbuster. <laughs> you walk in and it's like, what do I feel? And you could just literally peruse the, the action, adventure, the, you know, romance, the comedy, and just walk through and see what strikes you. And I used to love picking up the boxes and reading a bit. It's like a lost, cool thing, I think, in our culture, because it's not the same, just scrolling through Netflix. I really used to love that physical experience. And then you buy some popcorn or candy, and it was really awesome. Right. Well, so imagine that, that same metaphor for you 20 years in the future. How much can your life be a different slash better if you were to uh, get good at today now transcending um, stigmas in your psyche, discharging karma out of your persona versus sitting on the couch and not giving a crap, how different can your life be in 20 years if on one side you're you're taking it on and you're getting serious and the other side you're lackadaisical about it? Um, I don't think we can ever, ever, ever um, exhaust our soul's ability to see a new dynamic for our life. In other words, we can go through um, such an exciting, dynamic, fun life, but most of the time our ego doesn't want to choose that because of our um, solemn, nervous, um, apprehensive mindset that we take on about subconscious dogmas. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. You know, and I think, too, when we start to clear up, well, when we start to have awareness of our subconscious thoughts and beliefs that have been directing our lives, we can start to make the movie of our own lives. There you go. Intention. And so just to go with this metaphor that you've introduced, it's so much more fun and exciting to create, to create your life with, you know, with this intention and focus and, like, you're making the movie 
you're not just living, you know, trying to, I don't know, catch up or cope with, you know, that we're coping with things. Like you're not coping with things, you're creating things right. that you really want to experience. And it's such a different way, a different energy to live from and in. Well, there's, yeah, and I think um, another way I've learned to look at it is what archetypal energy am I embodying? For example, there's a warrior and there's a, a, I don't know, librarian for the lack of, and it's not one is better than the other, but if, if what I desire to have in my life I want an archetypal experience that I that I've deprived myself of. What is the archetypal energy? And and when I say energy, I'm I'm using that to illustrate mental patterns, emotional skill sets. What when I go to embody the vibrational equivalent of what I want to experience? Where am I now and what energies would I want to release and what energies would I want to take on as I reprogram myself? Because the the quantum field just mirrors it back to us with an an exquisite indifference. The hologram. I've been reading a lot, Wes, about uh, holograms and like like pre-bomb and the, the earlier like quantum physicists. And just really to get a handle on this, like what it really is our life reflecting back what we believe and, and just to really be able to to harness that, to to shape and define, you know, what I want my life to be. It's been super exciting. This has been the focus of my last year uh, of studying and reading this type of material. And like this book by Charles Hennell called The Master Key System. I don't know if you're familiar with that book. He wrote it in the 20s. I am not. And it's really, because he's like talking about quantum physics before it ever was. He talks about in in the world things created in our minds. And the inner world, our inner reality, our subconscious is what creates our lives versus our conscious thinking mind that we think. Right. So running the show, it's more like that's kind of what's reacting to what our subconscious sets up for us. And I was like, wow, this man in the 20s was writing about this. And I feel like it just fits in to what we're talking about. And it's been exciting for me to study these kind of things and understand them and apply them. Well, I, I like that. That that book is a permission slip for you to expect reality to change with your intention. The So I could ask, uh, who is more experienced about understanding the mechanics of gravity, a PhD physicist or a ballet dancer? Oh gosh, the ballet dancer. Right, and so they don't know they don't need to know jack squat about formulas or relationships or whatever. It's an experiential thing. And so the quantum field, I love quantum. We've had, we've had many episodes about quantum on the show. Yeah. It gives our egos permission to expect reality to change. But in truth, we don't need to know the the what's happening under the in, under the hood, so to speak. Like the ballet dancer doesn't know why gravity works. 
But when we study up on quantum, it gives our egos permission to see a quantum level transition and experience in a short period of time. Yes. And, you know, I love when you were just left speaking about the permission slip that we use. It makes me think of the work of Bashar. I don't know if that's Yes, I'm quite familiar with Bashar. Me too. And it made so much sense, the permission slip, you know, that we use. Like, for me, I love burning Palo Santo to clear my house, my energy. But I realized it's just the permission slip. Yes. That's how... You know, like so many things, so many practices that we have are actually permission slips to allow ourselves to feel better. Right. And it's just kind of what we need as humans. And that information was really magical for me to learn. Oh, yeah. Well, look at look at the education system we were brought in. I mean, we were, yeah. we were uh, beaten into yeah. numbness. I mean, really? I... Really? I I have a term that I, I'm sure pisses some people off. I call it academic fuckosis. I love that. <laughs> and and I'm I want to be very clear since I just uttered that sentence that if I'm going to the moon, I want every PhD on the planet to look over the plants. I'm not against academics. I'm just saying it has a karmic stigma to it if you don't recognize its effect. And, you know, again, Les, when you just said about we don't need to, we don't have to get under the hood of our car, I'm thinking that reminds me of, of Abraham Hicks, which I love listening to daily. And I don't know if that was your reference, where they'll talk about, you know, we don't have to understand how a car works or electricity works to use it. And to me, it's like, wow, it's, it's really understanding these principles and just how life wants to serve us, this energy that is in the world, like electrifying it, literally is here for us. Yes. To aid and assist and serve us. And it's almost like, oh, my God, can I really think that? I know when I started to branch out into these, like, technologies is how I think of them, like mind technologies. It's been like, like, I just feel so grateful to somehow be gravitating towards that information and people like you. It's like there's so much here that we don't see with our physical eyes but you can develop within you the inner sense to feel it, to perceive it, to like, because it's really who we are. We're more that non-physical than the physical if we open those inner eyes of awareness. Oh, indeed. And the that non-physical aspect of us, we could call it um, our soul or our higher consciousness, has no comprehension of the notion of limitations. Right. And so it, it's like you're teaching the ego to yank the steering wheel off the car and hand it up to your soul. So you don't, the, the ego wasn't ever designed to run life. It, I mean, if, if we look at the craziness of humanity, it's ego overdose. I mean, we're, we're just stuck in the, in the um, three-dimensional fear pattern, perhaps, of the collective ego. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I, I bring up some of these paradigms, and in my book, in the title, it talks about, as you said, healing our core wounds through astrology, empathy, and self-forgiveness. Astrology is the diagnostic point 
to identify what is my area of core wounding or vulnerability within myself that I might not have consciousness of. And then remediation of that is through forgiving ourselves and being empathetic and applying spirituality, taking personal responsibility, metaphysics. You know, I talk about meditation as a way to tap into a deeper knowing of yourself in the quantum field and just that source energy that is just like literally like illuminating everything, like just that life force. And that's when I think we feel the most satisfaction and and our deepest happiness is when we're connected to that energy, which is always present. Our thoughts cut us off from that, you know, feeling like we're alone, believing we're alone and like we never are. So I've been reaching into that space in my personal life and in working with clients to develop the ability to tap in to that energy because it's really like who we are. And I wonder how you would expand on that. Well, certainly. Actually, the language we use to describe our emotions and our our thought patterns and our karmic propensities is symbols. It's not the thing itself. It's symbols of an energetic interaction we're having um, at a much more fundamental level. I'll give you an example. Um, when the cosmic two by four cracked me open and all of a sudden this immense amount of anger is flowing out of my psyche. I'm sitting here in a chair and for about 25 seconds, a huge amount of energy is flowing out of my psyche. And that energy was the emotion of anger. And in, in the moment I'm like, what the hell are you? And the anger's like, I don't give a crap. Think of me what you want. I have, no bias of my own. And what I recognized is my dysfunctional relationship with the emotion of anger had nothing to do with the emotion of anger. It was a mental ego stigma that I built up around the feeling of what anger feels like, but the anger in and of itself was indifferent. Yes. Wow. Can you say that in a different way, Les? Sure. We've been different. I wonder what you mean by that. Sure. So when I got triggered, I'm sitting in a shrink's office, and he's he's coaxing me to show me my anger, and I'm like, I don't have any anger. This is stupid. And so there was no trigger per se, but. Yes. And so when the anger came up in my psyche, I didn't have a trigger event associated with it. So say I go to a bar or maybe a sports game, and I'm sitting next to the opponent team's most boisterous fan, and the more I shout, the more he shouts, and it turns into a a heated emotional exchange, and now my anger is related to him, and my mind jumps in and draws this this dynamic of you're the you're the prick. You see what I'm getting at? Yes. yes. The, the vibration of anger is identical, and in one situation I feel threatened, and in the other situation it's indifferent. Well, no, it's always indifferent. If I have a reaction to my emotions, it's in my head. It's not in my emotions. Yeah, yeah. 
I follow that. That's deep. I've been chewing on it for a while. <laughs> so, what I like about your book is is you're really putting it front and center to look at um, what our astrology chart would show us as the uh, core woundings of our past lives. And what I like about that is you're you're getting out of the ego, you're stepping out of the ego, and you're letting the astrological uh, mechanism that your soul chose when you incarnated, you, you're going to look at that as a mechanism indifferent from your, your ego's stance on it. And that's what I like about your book. You're, you're saying, let's go look at the core wounds as defined by when your soul was chose, chose where and when to be yeah. born. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Because that whole notion took me a while to... Sure. I was going to say, even what you're saying took me a while when I first was presented with, you know, I chose the family that I came from. Right. I like, no, I didn't. Like, I think a lot of people, like, I would never choose some of these experiences and people and then as I've sat with it meditated upon it it's like well of course I did because they've definitely been helped me to refine myself and who I want to be who I don't want to be and I can't imagine having any other family because they just keep you know presenting that mirror for me to check in with my authenticity so it finally makes sense I don't, did it take you a while to embrace that, or was it more easy for you? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Um, 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 after I got cracked open, that first decade or so of self self reflection, um, I started to understand um, the the dynamics of what my soul had in mind. So I was born the last of seven kids in a Mormon town in a small town in Utah. So the, the town was 95% Mormon, and it's like the twilight zone. I mean, it's jacked. Wow. You, you go to the banker, you go to the plumber, you go to the school teacher, you ask them all the same questions, and they answer you exactly the same. Because they're all drinking the same Kool-Aid. Yes, yes. And and my family's uh, Mormon, and I have more, Mormonism has very wonderful attributes, and I very much appreciate being born into that dynamic. But being the last of seven, my folks were totally burned out on racing kids, so nobody cared what I thought at all. And so I I kind of created my own thinking style and and I questioned everything and that's the okay. that was the gift I grew up in a place where all the answers were already there okay and I didn't I didn't want to be told that the stove would burn me I wanted to be burned by the stove to know why I wanted to know yes. the why of it you were curious if that makes sense it does. You were super curious, and you still are, I can tell. Yes, and it, it won't stop. I don't want you know, it to. That, you know, that even speaks to your Chiron and Pisces. It's a really deep, 
spiritual placement where you find your healing, you find the expression of yourself most authentically through spirituality. And that it's obvious that that's important to you. Sure. Well, um, the books I write are so far out in left field from the from the mainstream narrative that sometimes people don't understand what the hell I'm saying. But from experience, I have found great. I don't put it on paper unless it has had a significant impact in my dynamic. But. Um, what a curious time to be alive. You know, 2020 was like the rototiller for the collective subconscious. I mean, yes. And the the timing of this book, this book's been out just over a year, I believe, and uh what a perfect time to stop and take inventory of of the the core wounds, the the and maybe these came up for the listener when they were told to work at home and they sat in the stillness of their home and all this subconscious upheaval started to present itself. That's so well said. And I think for a lot of people that hadn't had that experience, it wasn't familiar, it wasn't pleasant or pleasurable. It was a big kick in the ass, so to speak. Sure. And you know, and, and for those of us that have been cultivating ourselves at those deeper levels, it was, like, to me, it was still a kick in the ass, but, but smaller. Like, the things that came up were interesting. Um, you know, like, not busying myself with people and things, just really having to sit with myself and how uncomfortable that can be. Right. And doing it long enough until it became comfortable. And even when it's not, just accepting that like allowing, just allowing that experience to pass through me, knowing it's it's a snapshot in just a moment of time. It's not the end result. It's just a moment that I'm in. And to view it as that really helped me to, to keep allowing the experience, the emotions, just like this is just a snapshot in time. It's not, it's not the end. I don't know. That was helpful for me. I wonder for you if there was a certain awareness that you had well the so before I got cracked open and and this anger issue came out um, I didn't have any healthy relationship with anger and I never got angry and and so the dysfunction of that was after after that moment that episode of an immense amount of anger flowing out of my persona um, I learned to um just feel the energy and not label it or categorize it and recognize why it showed up in my experience so our emotions are literally um impersonal what do i mean by that um if i incarnated into a tough family dynamic maybe there was uh domestic violence and addiction and whatnot and um uh, and then I then I go to heal myself of that in the environment of being a child in that hostile situation when dad got mad and beat the crap out of mom or mom got mad and beat the crap out of dad. It was the look of the, quote, victim, unquote, face that said, I don't want to ever feel this again. I don't want to ever be the reason why my mom 
felt grief from my dad or vice versa. And and so we 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 load a stigma to the feeling of the emotion and then and then we get this awakening and fast forward through the healing process. I Lisa, I tell you now, anger's the coolest damn thing on the planet. It is sexy because when I feel the anger rise up, I feel the anger rise up in my psyche, I go, okay, how am I being incongruent with myself in this moment? Yes. And so I just stay with the energy and I say, I've made a choice here that's incongruent with myself. Mm. And as a gift, as a wonderful gift, there's this highly charged energy in the anger itself that's like rocket fuel. So I can take the energy of that anger and dynamically change my life in the moment. It's anger's like magic. It's like a poof potion because it it identifies the place of correction and then it gives you the energy to do a substantial amount of effect in a short period of time. We yes, should absolutely. We should have I love anger t-shirts. That is so interesting and radical. <laughs> it does give us the energy often to act, to that, move, that's right. to get ourselves somewhere that we want to be. It's all impersonal. Yeah. I don't know if that answered your question, but... Yeah. No, this is great. I'm loving this. Yeah. Well, um... When we go to heal our core wounds, what are some techniques that might not be so obvious that you bring up in your book? Even the even the notion of using astrology to identify them might not be as mainstream in our listeners' um, uh, life dynamic up to this point. It might not be, but once you go and see where Chiron presents, in your life, it's going to make a lot of sense why you've experienced some of the things that you have and why they might present as patterns in your life. And for me, the, the biggest remediation and, and healing has to do with this self-forgiveness piece because I was taught about forgiveness, as I think most of us, that it's something for someone else right. that we need to forgive. Like, I remember going to Episcopal Church and, like, God forgives you. I was like, what did I even do? You know, forgiven as a little girl. Like, kind of like, but nobody's asking that question out loud. And then it's like, okay, well, I need to be forgiven for I don't even know what. And then I need to forgive people for doing shitty things that they're not even sorry for. Right. That doesn't feel good either. And then I realized forgiveness is first and foremost for us. And I think I, I know that over the years of living, we develop these layers, almost like sediment, these layers of unforgiveness and judgment and punitive thinking and like, you know, you screwed up again and, and we think this is how we change, but it's not. It yeah. causes us to to have more hate even towards ourselves that <laughs> ends up leaking out to other people. And instead, it's like to really encourage yourself as a gentle and loving coach because we all make sense in the context of our life experiences. And if you can suspend your judgment of yourself to understand why you did or did not do or say something with some empathy, 
with some understanding, it can help really shift you out of blaming yourself right. and being able to choose. You'll, you'll have options to choose differently versus doing the same thing or just putting blinders on and being really reckless in your life. So it's really self-forgiveness that I found to be um, the most valuable offering. Well, and that can lead to self-love. And boy, yeah. if if you want to kick your own ass, start fiddling with love. Love will, yeah. that's powerful stuff. It's so powerful. We deserve that. We do. You deserve to really love and embrace yourself, to really get to know and affirm your growth, your development, your progress, and to like feel into that every day at different times throughout your day even. Oh, yeah. And the more you heal your self-love, the, the more your the potential for your future expands because you can't accept and embody um, love into your psyche if you've got a lot of um, unresolved uh, karmic energy, karmic uh, posturing that love would destroy quite basically um mm-hmm. and, and so we we avoid love because we're scared of our our stigmas our karmic stigmas and until we heal the our relationship i mean jeez, car, <laughs> karma is the most beautiful thing um it it's so eloquent it's so beautiful that um so if you look at the collective consciousness now, and behind the scenes there's scallywags and and mischievous and exploitation type of personalities that that are aggressively trying to exploit our human demeanor. Mm-hmm. Those that consciousness will never be able to operate from a place of power because power comes from love, and so so. <laughs> I mean, they can they can wreak a lot of havoc with world wars and 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 depression and um, economic depression and but they have to do it all through force. They have to yeah. use force, and so they can't sustain it over the long long term. And that's what makes beautiful. Uh, that's what makes the mechanics of karma so beautiful. Is that only after you've come to terms with love are you given the the reins or the keys to divine power, to alchemy, to to the mystic, the sage, the savior, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. It does make sense. And, well, you know, one of the books I love that I cite a lot in The Chiron Effect is A Course in Miracles. Yep. And it's a mind, it's a mind training to shift from fear to love and all the ways it presents itself as you were talking about the ego and you know love bringing up everything unlike itself right and those fears that we have that that come up and i mean i know from having to be in touch with my own and it's like oh my gosh to to really you know i read some almost every day from a course in miracles to constantly try to you know, unlearn. It's the first whole half of the book is unlearning. What you've learned. <laughs> and then, yeah, then the second half is like retraining your mind. And I feel like it's lifelong, you know, so it's not too late to start wherever you are is perfect. 
because we come to material as we're ready. And if it was presented sooner, it, you know, you might have missed it. So for anyone listening, uh, you know, I don't believe like it's too late or, you know, we come to things right as we're ready. And the universe just swoops it right in to present to you. Very nice. I like the saying, my age is none of my business. I like that, too. Our soul will drag us through the weeds at any point in the in our life to get our ego to refocus itself. <laughs> yes, because we're timeless. We're timeless beings. Yes. And, you know, I focus upon that. Like, I'm timeless, I'm ageless, and, you know, it's really the practices we cultivate that, you know, dictate that, that equal the life experience that we have in our physical bodies. Indeed. And it's, uh, um, when you recognize the mechanism, I mean, there's seven or eight billion people on the planet and we all have karmic tendencies. We all have ego stigmas. This is not personal, folks. This is not personal. It's it's a fundamental attribute of uh, embodying a human genome and having the human experience. Yes, yes, well said. Well, now, um, when we look at these uh, core wounds, are they just uh, an individual thing or can, like, uh, types of government like socialism or communism or perhaps a country or a city have core wounds as well? Well, that was interesting for me to discover that (laughs) indeed cities and countries have a Chiron placement based upon, and even your business, say the date that you created an LLC, the, the date in your relationship that either you got married or your first date, you know, whatever you feel led to use, if you plug in that date of birth and place into, uh, you know, my book comes with a plug-in, but any astrological website to generate a birth chart, the birth chart of, for instance, the United States has Chiron in the sign of Aries in the fourth house, and the fourth house speaks to family and basically disregarding our family and for me that felt really weird because thinking you know the, the u.s as the most powerful nation in the world it didn't make sense to me at first that we're neglecting our own family and inhabitants but then when i saw that fourth house placement relating to the way you know governments treat people and we can see the education system in rural and urban areas that where children don't even have books and the way veterans treated, yes. so many homeless veterans that should not be. So it really made sense. The Chiron wounding of the U.S. has to do with how we've taken care of our own inhabitants while rushing to the aid of all these other countries. Right. So that was interesting to me. And you can play with this. Use it in your relationships. Use it in your business, like I mentioned, your LLC, and find out if there is a vulnerability, a wounding in your relationship that maybe your arguments are centered around, it can help you have compassion for each other and a deeper understanding instead of feeling at odds. Nice. Well spoken. Well, um, we, we've only got a few minutes left. Um, wh- what about the uh, 
the shadow side of something um, because because yeah. we're talking about core woundings and and a wound you can think of of being in dire straits a wound can be fatal but a lot of times the shadow side of um, an archaeological uh, astrological sign or whatever when we talk about the shadow um, does that mean it's it's um, always negative, or is there a, a reason for the shadow side? Well, I think it'll help to just give it an example. And so, for, if you, Chiron is in the sign of Gemini, this speaks to a core wounding or vulnerability in the area of empathetic attunement, which means that you will have often the experience in your life that you're being misunderstood that like you feel like you're being crystal clear, but people are misunderstanding you. It, it causes deep frustration. You might have been bullied as a younger person. <laughs> your parents, your caretakers, friends kind of seem to miss. Like you just feel like you're missing each other. I think we've all had that experience at one time or another, and it can just be so deeply frustrating. Like what are you not getting? And that's this person's kind of experience. That's their pattern. And so if you don't know that about yourself, to start looking at how do I want to present my, maybe I'm engaging with the circle of people that truly aren't at my vibration, like maybe these aren't my people. Maybe it's about finding more like-minded others that do understand and respect you. And it starts by really respecting yourself, understanding your own needs to be heard and seen accurately, accurately. So the shadow of this, if you're not aware, is coming across like you're a know-it-all. And, you know, no one likes to be around a know-it-all. So it actually pushes people away, though you desire closeness. Does that make sense? So I talk about in my book the shadow of every class. Well, that when you're not aware of it operating, you're drawing them in or pushing a well you know, the praise that you deserve at your job, Chiron and, and Capricorn, having to do with achievement and success, people might be stealing your success. Right. You're not of pattern and dynamic. So I hope that explained it. I liked it very well. Well, um, let's talk about you, your book, your books, your platform, um, what services you offer clients and listeners. T tell us about all of that. Thank you, Les. Well, I'd love to offer your listeners, if they want to work with me, to learn more about their Chiron placement and how this operates in their life from the pattern that they're sourcing from. I'd love to offer listeners half off either their first individual session with me, the 45-minute session, all remote, and <coughs> I also offer a 30-day intensive, I'd love to offer they met you, just, you know, book the session. I'm, I'm at nolatherapy.com. It stands for New Orleans, Los Angeles Therapy on social media, YouTube and Instagram and Facebook at NOLA Therapy. However you reach out, I'm happy to work with you the first month at half off or first session. Well, and, very... Uh, very nice. Yeah. I'd love to connect with your audience and just because I sense people have listened that are listening to your show and subscribing. They're into this, the things and topics we're talking about. So I'd love to, to connect 
with with you. Well, very nice. I like that. Well, uh, Lisa, time can go by pretty fast. I want to thank you for being our guest on the show tonight. Thank you, Wes. I really love your energy and all that you've been putting out for so many years. And thank you for helping me understand it's not something to be afraid of. I really appreciate that tonight. Very nice. We've been talking with Lisa Ta here, and the topic tonight is about her book, The Chiron Effect, Healing Our Core Wounds Through Astrology, Empathy, and Self-Forgiveness. Well, that was fun. Did you get a did you get a taste of flavor of how rewarding and satisfying and fulfilling it can be to delve into your own dogma, delve into your own subconscious and and root out core wounds and root out karmic stigmas and propensities? What a what a fun time to be alive. Wait, what? <laughs> Was haven't we been through a train wreck? Well, imagine Freud or uh Jung um having written books living through 2020 where they could observe this this uh psychological impact of millions of people through social media. They would have called this a boon, a a pay dirt, uh, a wonderful, wonderful opportunity of a deeper understanding of the mechanics of our human demeanor. Um, I want to thank you, the listener, tonight. This is the last show of the year. I want to thank thank Susan. Susan is the right arm to this program. If you've been a guest on this show, you've talked to Susan. If you've been scheduled on this show, it's... It's through the um, it Susan is the one that makes it happen. I want to thank her for everything she does that makes it show possible. I want to thank you, the listeners. You showed up for yourself. Here we are at the end of the episode, and here you are. Bravo! I want to wish everyone a a very Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and a Happy New Year. May 2022 just be the beginning of something wonderful for you. I I I get a real strong vibe that 2022 is going to bring a lot of positive for a lot of people on the planet. I'm your host, Les Jensen. Always a pleasure to share this time with you. Until next time, thanks for listening. This has been a New Human Living radio broadcast. You can raise your own personal power with Personal Power Fundamentals Home Study Course at newhumanliving.com. Thanks for listening.